so I, I have to tell you that the, this wasn't my original topic I wanted to talk about, but I was in I was in Cleveland over Shabbos. Went for my nephew's my, my nephew's Eifruf, and then I went on to a house in, in Detroit. But on Shabbos I was in Cleveland on Sunday morning. One of my rebbeim, who's now retired, um, asked me to stop by. He wants to share a thought with me. Uh, so he shared with me a thought he feels is important to, to pass on, and he asked me to uh, pass this on. So I'm going to use this opportunity to pass it on as well, maybe add, add and embellish a little bit. It's some of the thoughts which we've touched on before, so it won't sound uh, totally foreign, uh, but uh, I'm close to this Rebbe, and he felt it very important. Uh, now, this Rebbe is a person which, over the years, has said Shemuzan and his Shemuzan always have been very fo- always very focused and the very practical, and um, so I was very nisragish to hear that this the way the way he was talking, he moved way beyond quote unquote the very practical into seemingly almost esoteric t- t- topics. Uh, he spoke about the tsar of the shchina. The Nefesh Chaim talks about this in Nefesh Chaim that the Bereshit has tremendous tsar when he has to give, give when he has to give a punishment to Klal or pain to Klal the Bereshim has tremendous sar, just like a parent who has to punish a child and does it because it's the best thing for the child, but at the same time, he's an, the parent does not relish that. As a matter of fact, he finds it very painful, the fact that he has to punish his child. So the Bereshim has sar as well. So the Shechina, when it's in Golos, is in tremendous sar over the over the, the loss of the relationship with Klai and the punishment that he has to meet out to Klai Yisrael. It's in Morrison Hedron, the Morrison Hedron says that when the Bereshim would... Be, Give a punishment to a Russia, he would say, that, Whoa, I have pain in my head, I have pain in my arm. Obviously, Russia doesn't have a head or an arm, but it means the Russian has an element of pain that what he has to do to claw yourself. Uh, the Chavaz the Chaim talks about this the idea that when we daven, part of our davening, the Nefesh Chaim talks about part of our davening is to address the Tsar of the Shkin of the Shkinas and Golas. Now, that sounds something which is beyond most of us, and uh, it's definitely not a madriga which, which comes easily, and he, he himself said it to me that, you know, when, when in davening, he would say maybe he's 25% successful in focusing on that point uh, during 25% of the davening as opposed to the, all of the davening. Uh, that's a pretty good ratio. I think so most of us would, would rate our, our success in the in being focusing during davening somewhere less than anyway, so um, he was able to focus on the Tsar of the Shechina for that amount of time. So I was very nisragish because, again, this is a Rebbe, which this is not the standard type of talk that he talks about. He's just been looking at the matzah, which we, Kaisel has been since the beginning of COVID. Um, we had this tragedy which happened in Meron. You know, we've lost in, the, in, the, in this last last year and a half there's been a tremendous amount of, of, of pain Kleisel has absorbed. That, that hundreds and hundreds of, of, of people have been nifted from COVID in the film community. If you look at Kleisel as a whole, not just the film community, the thousands and thousands of people have died. Uh, the Miron tragedy, then we had the, 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 the Aza attacks, Hamas, and uh, people were nifted from it. The Anti-Semitism, which it's brought to the fore, there's a tremendous amount which is going on, which is which is which is which is painful. And Kadosh uh, Baruch seems to be uh, missing from the equation a little bit. Okay, um, 
so I want to tie it into into the parsha, uh, and uh, obviously to, to focus on a kodesh baruch is something which it's, it's a goal, but on a practical level, uh, we walk around the day we don't see a kodesh baruch we see sticks and stones we see physical things we don't see this we don't see the presence of the shechina in our lives even though Hashem is imminent he's there in front of us. Um, is there any way that we can do that? So it's interesting enough, in this week's parsha, we have the parsha of tzitzis all the way down to the parsha. So, what's the hemshech of the parsha to the parsha of tzitzis? Uh, so, one understanding for the hemshech of the parsha is Klaisel is we have the chet of the Muraglim, and then we have chet of the chet of the mapilim. After Bereshit said, "Do not go under Tzitzel," Klaisel said, "We're ready to go." And Bereshit and Moshe Rabbeinu said in the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, don't go. And they, again, they did not listen to Moshe, and they went, and those people which went were killed. So, um, that's Vaitarechet. Then we're given, a, given, given multiple parashas, which seem to be that they do not connect at all. We're given parashas of the Talachas and the Sochim, together with the Karbonis, um, Karbonis of, for, of Kippur for Avodah Zorah. And then we have the, 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 we have another Chet. We have the Chet of the, of the Mekoshish, and then we have the Chet of, and then we have the, the Parsha of Sitzes. So one of the explanations for the Parsha of Sitzes is the same way Shabbos is supposed to be an ois to give, give us an awareness of Kodesh Baruch's presence in our lives. Uh, what, what's the excitement about Kabbalah Shabbos? You know, that the more talks about that they, that they used to go out to greet Shabbos. Um, it's a day of rest. That, that, that's very exciting that, you know, you know, if we're looking for a vacation, obviously, but the, the, that the Rizal was was all excited about Shabbos because he was a day of rest doesn't seem to make sense, right? What's the Nakuda which which excited that the, the Rizal pushed this concept of Kabbalah Shabbos? Based on the Gemara and Babakama, the Gemara Babakama talks about the fact that they would go out to greet Shabbos. They would physically go out to greet Shabbos. The Rambam talks about that. They would go out to greet Shabbos. Um, nowadays, we have our version of it being the Kabbalah Shabbos. You know. Shlomo Kalbach has, has given, a, given a vehicle how to, and finally people actually know that the words exist. Um, but what's so exciting? Why, why these kapitluch? What, what, what's the point of these kapitluch? When you read the kapitluch, uh, some of the tunes which go with the kapitluch, uh, I'm not so sure that they fit the words necessarily 100%. Right? right? The kapitluch sounds a little bit, Hashem sounds beautiful, let's go out and sing to Hashem. But why, why should we go out to sing to Hashem? What are we singing about? And then we talk about the Russian is going to come and he's going to be Shaifat Oritz and he's going to do it with Bimeshorim, which is in, in, in judgment. And the worlds are, the nations are going to tremble and the Eam the are going to be scared. And it's going to be like, wow. And that's meanwhile, we're singing some Kabach Negan, which I don't think it necessarily fits exactly into the, into the emotions, which I would say should play out at that moment. Um, right? But what's, what's the point of Shabbos? The point of Shabbos is that. The reverse says it. Others say it. And each one says it. Their own Nakuda. The world is a world. The the world that we live in is a physical world. Is is is, 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 is the symbolism for that is the number six. It's represented with the number six. Six has four sides and has a top and has a bottom. It's three D. We live in a world which is three D. We don't live in a world which is two D, one D. Right? Just a dot, not a line. We live in a world which has has. Many dimensions to it. We live in three dimensions. That's the physical world. That's the number six. When you put a Kodesh Baruch into into the equation, that's the number seven. 
So the Russian created the world in six days. That's the physical. That's the physical world in six days. The seventh day, we inject the Kodesh Baruch into the picture. The Bershom's presence become, becomes a reality. The Bershom created a day where he's not physically creating anything, but his presence is there. And Shabbos is walking into the presence of, of the Shechina. The same way you could walk into the Beis HaMikdosh, and the Beis HaMikdosh was a physical place that you would have to go to to feel the presence of a Kodesh Baruch The Bershom promises that wherever you go, wherever you are, he's going to come to you. He's going to make his presence available to you. So we talk about in the Chodoyri, and the Chodoyri is a very fascinating, it starts off talking about Shabbos. And we have the idea of Shabbos, and we t- very quickly took focus on the, on the Beis HaMikdash and the loss of the Beis HaMikdash. And then we go back to Shabbos at the end. And we're talking about Rav Hashem's Emek Abocha, that the, the Beis HaMikdash is, is too long sitting in a, in a veil of tears. And Hisari, Hisari, rise up that the base should come back. Why is that the appropriate thing to talk about on Shabbos? So Hirsch says because Shabbos is, in a certain sense, the replacement for base They didn't build the base on Shabbos. There was no need to build the base on Shabbos because Shabbos was a makam of, of Kedusha. It brought Kedusha to every place in the world. So we're, we're, we are suggested to, just like you would go to the Besamekdash, there'd be a preparation. You wouldn't just walk into the Besamekdash. A person understands that walking into the was something which required emotional preparation, physical preparation, spiritual preparation. Um, Shabbos should be the same. So Ram says that the, 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 the derech of the Hasidim was that they would be prepared early for Shabbos, and they would sit and they would be mitzapa when a Shabbos is coming. So that was the preparation, the, 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 the anticipating the idea there's going to be a spiritual day. That was that was the preparation, that they would be physically ready beforehand. Uh, the first time we went there to Israel, the first time I went there to Israel, I didn't go there to Israel to learn as a bocher. Uh, the first time I went, I was uh, already married uh, for a few years, and we went there to Israel. It was nice. I was 29 years old, the first time going. And we got there, so obviously, you know, my wife said, let's go to the coastal. And I said, I'm not ready to go to the coastal yet. I don't feel that I have prepared myself mentally and emotionally to, 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 meet, to go to the coastal. So my wife said, fine. She, she respects that. The next day, she, my wife said, let's go to the coastal. So I said, I'm not ready yet. My wife says, we're going to leave. We're here for three weeks. We're, you're going to leave. And I went to the coastal because you're never going to be ready. So let's go. We're going today. And I said, you're right. And then we went to the coastal. Um... If that's the Kaisal, imagine the Mesimikdash. Imagine a person is Mashiach is going to come, the Mesimikdash is going to be there, and you'd be walking into the Mesimikdash. Imagine how much you would, there would be this self searching, you know, am I ready to go in the Mesimikdash? Am I halakhically torn to go to the Mesimikdash? But am I spiritually Roy to be in the Mesimikdash? The Makam of the Shekhinah, where the Barashim is obvious here in this world. We prepare ourselves emotionally, mentally, spiritually for such an such an such an event. And the Kiddush of that Shabbos provides that opportunity on a weekly basis. So that's how we're supposed to view Shabbos. Shabbos is supposed to be a day, which is Shabbos Hayam Hashem. We spoke about this idea that my Rashiva Rabbi Zagosman said that even a goy one time when he was during the war, he was in some area of Uzbekistan or something of that sort, and he was spending Shabbos in a um Spending Shabbos in a field, and at some point he was davening, and two goyim passed by, and one of them said to the other one, in whatever the language was, which Rashi was familiar with, 
that let's go and uh, you know bother the Jew. We said you know leave him alone today for him for him today is God's day. So even the goy was able to recognize that a yid who kept Shabbos properly that there's something special about that day. You don't you, you, leave him alone. That's what we would aim for to appreciate what Shabbos is. So for that, there's tremendous amount of achana. So we have these kapitah which were added. They're not mikra din. The minute why we have that we stand by the beam as opposed to by the omid is to differentiate that these were not really part of the the halachic liturgy. It's not part of the tefillahs which were niskin from Nachik etc. They were added. They're added later on. They're added in the. They're they're a few hundred years old. They're four hundred years old. Of these the idea of saying these kapitlach. Um, Time of Chazam Sefer, he writes that you know this was like you know it was not even you know everybody came to not everybody came it's just you know, certain people came not everybody came because it was a new idea and everybody was in the macabre even this idea of saying the kapitel of lechadari uh, etc of lechunarano and the kapitel and the the song lechadari was Rosham al Kabitz was a contemporary of the Rizal. but we understand that we need we need some type of alchana so after me after after the parsha Shabbos there's a parsha of tzitzis. So what is tzitzis? So tzitzis Rashi brings up from Chazal that 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 that, um, that tzitzis is one of the mitzvahs which, which is a shkula. Can I call it mitzvahs? Now it seems to be seemingly a, a simple mitzvah. The Goyen, Vilna Goyen is uh, supposed to have said on, on his deathbed that he was crying, and somebody asked him why is the why is the Rebbe crying? He said, you know, I'm leaving a world where a person can take a few few coins. And buy a pair of sitzes and put on a put on do a mitzvah which is equivalent of all of the mitzvahs. I'm going to the world which you cannot do any more mitzvahs. Nothing, nothing, no more mitzvahs can be done over there. In this world, I can manage for a minimal expenditure. I can get and do a mitzvah which is the equivalent of all of the mitzvahs. I've done all, all tayyak mitzvahs equivalently in through this simple mitzvah. All right. um, people always wonder why Rosheinberg wore multiple pairs of sitzes. He never really was megala why he wore multiple pairs of sitzes. Uh, people had different theory. He used to want to be a solo different shittas. As far as my understanding, uh, the amount of begotim that he had was way beyond um, all of the different shittas out there. But each one is a mitzvah. Eventually, actually, at some point in his life, he cut back on the amount of sittas that he wore because he dealt a hernia from the weight of carrying those sittas around the whole time. Um, he wore 100 and something plus pairs of sittas a day. So if you start thinking about that, that's quite heavy. At the point that the, as an older person, you know, the alter hernia, you had to cut back. Um, if to see pictures, of, probably none of you ever saw him, but you saw pictures of him. Um, he looked like, a, when he would walk in, he looked like a football linebacker. He was so big and broad like that because he was, you know, was wearing all these pairs of zitzus, you know. His head was in there like, you know, um, and his cut on top, you know. Um he was doing mitzvahs. Each, each bag is another mitzvah. I'm not recommending you do that. But uh, so, what is the point of sitzes? So, what is the message of sitzes? Why is sitzes shkula connected to mitzvahs? Obviously, there are many different thoughts. Um, I want to share with you one thought from Hirsch. So, Hirsch talks about the idea of the, that the only a bag which has four corners is chayiv in the mitzvah sitzes. A bag which has um, three corners is not chayiv. It's round corners. It's not chayiv. What's the symbolism of the idea of four corners and the fact that they're square? So there's a Gemara in the dorm, in the third paragraph. The Gemara in the dorm says that a person makes. The Gemara talks about there's there's sometimes a person would make a net or a shua to 
sort of validate a statement that he said, I'm telling you it's true, and if not, I swear, whatever, right? So he's saying, obviously, that it's true. And he's making a statement which is not clearly not true. The more says he saw a nochash kakaris besabat. He saw an, he saw a st- snake, which was like the beam which was used in the besabat. The besabat was the the olive press that they would use to press the olives. So th- that beam was a very very gigantic beam of wood which went through the middle of it, and they would use that to press down, etc. There's no such thing as a nochash kakaris besabat. So clearly he does. He just he doesn't really mean it as an editor. He's just you know trying to. He's exaggerating. So more so, well, if if it's not true that I sell concurrent space about, I I can't eat meat for a week. You know, I can't eat bread or whatever it is. He doesn't. He didn't mean it seriously, because he just met the day. I saw a big one, right? So he saw a big one. So that there's no the netter was not effective. So why can't it be that there's a there's a there's a nachosh space about? So the Bible says because they're not that thick, right? That. They don't come. There's no snake which is as thick and big. You know, its 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 diameter doesn't come near to the size of a car's base about. But Yishami says the Vimshat. Yishami says that the car's base about is squared off. You've never seen a square nochash. All all nochashim are round. They're round and round. They're not shaped like a square. It's very hard to slither along, like you know, you have sort of like a roll, with you know. Right. It's the reason why wheels are round as opposed to squares. You know, it would be quite a challenge to drive on a car with a wheel clump, 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 clump. Right? So, so, um, there's such thing as a nachos which is car based about. Because the Shaman continues, it says there's, there's nothing which occurs, occurs naturally in this world which is a square. So Hirsch takes this Yushalmi, and Yushalmi says that there's nothing which, which, which occurs naturally in this world which is square, and he talks about the fact that the sitzes are tied to something which is square, tefillin are square, the, the Mizbech had to be square, there's all the things which, which represented the idea that there's, there was human endeavor. It's something which was, it had to be by definition, something which was made by man. It does not occur naturally. Now crystals occur naturally, and some of them are square. You'll, you'll have to figure that out, okay? But in general... This idea that we have anything which is, has a functionality in the world which comes square—it's not true. It's not. It's not. It didn't come naturally. Um, there is a fascinating sefer about Amuna um, called the uh, the obvious proof. Uh, came out was put out by two uh, fine care of Rabbanim, I would say forty years ago. It was originally put, put out with the name called the Two Thousand and One Principle. Um, eventually they changed the name to uh, The Obvious Proof. The reason it was called 2001 Principles is because it was based on a movie called The 2001 Sp- a Space Odyssey, which about a person who traveled to this other planet, and in this planet he saw a monolith. A monolith is a, 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 a this, this beam which goes up, which is square, and he says, oh, it must be there's, that there's some type of intelligent life here. So maybe not. Maybe it happened naturally. Its shape is such that it doesn't lend itself to, to nat- coming naturally. So he says, here we are, all these people in the, in, the, in, the, in the movie theater seeing this idea that this thing is square. It's like, yeah, it must be it was made by some intelligent being. Well, maybe it just happened by itself. Maybe just things clubbed together and after four billion years, just happened to come to that shape. No, we all know that that's not true. So why can't we apply the same thing to the fact that Russia created the world? That was their point. His answer is because, you know, sitting in the movie theater and thinking about the fact that some being made that thing, okay, no problem. But if the Russian created the world, I have responsibilities. So that's what I don't want to think about, right? That was the, their, their, their principles, called cognitive dissonance. 
But if it's, if it's shaped that way, it means it was man-made. So the Mizbeach Hudavka has to be something which represents the world of human endeavor. It's something. The Tefillin, and the Tzitzis, but tzitzis, the Begit is four-cornered. The Tzitzis comes from the word to be, to be, to, to flower, to branch out, to flourish. You're made tzitz. You, 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 you put out, you put out uh, flowers. Next week, next, in Parshas Kara. The mat of iron puts produces flowers, etc. Means we look at something which is four four corners as we we've reached the end the end of the, of human endeavor. We can make this thing which is four corners. We can make something, right? But you have to remember that's not the point. The point is not to reach that goal. The point is then to take that and branch beyond and to flourish beyond the limits of, of what a human being is. And connect to something beyond ourselves, to Kaddish Baruch Hu. So we look at the sitzes, and they remind us of that there's something more to this world than just the human endeavor. If I just look at the, the four corners and say, "Oh yeah, that's that, that's life. That's being the doctor. That's being a lawyer. That's being successful, making money, you know, ha- having a family, doing all everything right, very nice." And so, what was but what was the purpose of life? That's it. The, the, it it's in, it lives. In, you live in this square, and that's the end of the picture. And since it said no, no, that's that, that, that's just that's 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 the the backdrop, that's the hechatimsa to create something which goes beyond. We go on beyond into the world of kedusha and the, in the world of, of seeing the shechina. So we create for ourselves limitations. We put ourselves in boxes, and one of our boxes is that we cannot see a kodesh border. We cannot feel his presence. We have difficulty talking to him during davening. We. We we say Baruch Hashem and Yimirz Hashem and and thank you Hashem now thank you to uh, our singers nowadays and it's perfunctory. I think I mentioned to you I once was by a store in Muncie um, and the fellow left a note on the door says we'll be back Mem Hey uh, in a half in a half an hour and I'm racking my brains what does Mem Hey stand for? Finally figured out it stands for Mirza Hashem. Now, im yirza Hashem is not yirza Hashem, but you know, if all it means, if, if all it means to you is just a phrase that you're supposed to say, but it doesn't mean anything to you, that it can be memhe also. Right? But do we really live with im yirza Hashem? You know, I, I'm walking away. I believe I'm going to come back, but who knows? Maybe Kodesh Baruch Hu will not want that. Maybe Kodesh Baruch Hu will want me to go and do a mitzvah. Maybe Kodesh Baruch Hu will make me sick. Maybe Kodesh Baruch Hu will I will have a simcha. Maybe many things could happen to me. Maybe I'll meet an old friend and decided that the appropriate thing to do is spend time with him. So what does Kodesh Baruch Hu want from me? I don't know. I believe that I plan to be back. If a Kodesh Baruch Hu so, so desires, Emir Tzashem, if a Kodesh Baruch Hu so desires, do I live my life with that thought process? Right? That I wake up in the morning and I'm in your Rishos. I'm here as an Evid. So the Gemara says that we look at Sitzes as a sign of Avdus to Kodesh Baruch it's a sign of I am out of my own rishos. I, I go beyond my daladamas, my, my my four corners, my own human endeavor, and I say that's a hechatimsa to commit myself to something bigger, to be there for a kodesh boruchu. I'm your avid Rishalim. You tell me what to do. I'm ready to listen. Instead of davening every single morning, instead of the first thing we say in the morning before before davening, as we say moedani lefanecho. So uh, most of us, we get the word of Fanecha out before you even stop to think about. So you think I'm Moida, we think of Baruch Hu. 
They were standing in front of the Shechina. We were standing in front of the Kaddish Baruch And obviously not in a Madrega to, to, to relate to that. They said to the, the stipler, you know, how long does it take to say Asher Yatzar? So with seeming Kavana, so they have these charts, you know, they have these nice Asher Yatzar charts, and they have a big stop sign that says stop, wait 20 seconds. So a person can say Asher Yatzar Menchlech in 20 seconds. It's brought down the stipler took him four minutes to say Asher Yatzar. Now the stipler wasn't a Batlin, that he was, you know, but he, would, he had nothing else to do, but he, he could, could have been learning during that time. And they say, when he would say, his whole body would tremble. He's talking about the Kisei HaKobod, the, in front of the Kisei HaKobod. Just saying those words, he would tremble. It would take him time to get the words out, because that was a pachat to him. Right. So we, we do a lot of things which we, we've never really sort of absorbed and thought about how much when we talk in davening, we're talking to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Baruch uh, You know, the Sasemah says, that why do we say Hashem Sosayti Toch of Yegiti L'Sach of Is because the person is so overwhelmed by the idea of standing in front of, in front of Hashem for Shemun Esrei that he it goes mute, he can't speak. The person walks into Ramosha Feinstein to present something. You can picture a person walking in and being so overwhelmed by the awe of being in Ramosha's presence that you punch it, you couldn't speak. The person walks into, uh, you know, uh, at the times when he has these, these, these kings of tremendous power and authority, the power of life and death. The person would walk in and he would be scared to talk in front of Kaddish Baruch Hu. It's comfortable. Hashem says, I need help to, to speak. I'm overwhelmed with awe. I'm standing in front of the presence of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. I'm a, this little nothing compared to the infinite, infinite Kodesh Baruch Hu, and I need help talking. I, I can't get the words out. So uh, there's a lot of different places where, during our day and things that we're not we're, we're doing and putting on sitzes, and I'm looking at the sitzes, and I'm thinking about the key. Because uh, why, why are they supposed to be the key? Let's remind me of the key it. Remind me that I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm something other than just myself. I'm in a, I'm in a relationship with the, with the Kodesh Baruch Hu. I have responsibility. Shabbos is the day of Hayyam Hashem, Shmanesrei. The morale says that Shmanesrei is, is, is a small Shabbos. Shmanesrei is, is when you cease doing work, you stand still, you put your hands together, I have no ability to go anywhere, I have no ability to do anything, I'm just in the Mishnah Sabbath Baruch. That's what Shmanesrei is, the morale says, in the Siv, the Siv of Havayda. There's so many different times in the day which we push it, create an awareness of Kodesh Baruch's presence in our lives, and the reality is we don't take advantage of all those, those opportunities. And if we would, then maybe Kodesh Baruch would be more real to us than the other parts of our lives, which are not as obvious that the Bershom is present, would be a little bit easier to feel his presence and to live our lives based on that reality, that the Bershom is present constantly and we have responsibilities to him. And the Madrega, it's fascinating if you, you know, just, and, and with this, the, um, the Ramah starts off with, with his Shulchan Aruch, says that a person to get up in order to be able to tell the Hashachar. And the Ramah says that she says, I'm the The person, the way he acts in the presence of a, of a Melech Gadol, it's not the same way he acts in the, in the comfort of his own home. So 
there's a mitzvah to be aware of that and to act appropriately. So that's the madriga, which is a nice little brother, Lapian. Um, so there used to be a year, his, his name was Schlossberg, who was a Ben Bias by Rebellion Lapian. And he eventually, the English Rebellion, which the article put out, was written by him. I'm not sure he actually wrote it, but he was the source of the information. Somebody else might have written it, I'm not sure. And he, 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 had, he had reel-to-reels with Ray Lapian, the old reel-to-reel tape recordings, these big reels, and he would convert them into, into cassettes. He used to sell cassettes for Ray Lapian's schmoozen. He used to come to Cleveland. So he was saying that towards Rebellion's life, he was he, his wife was not longer alive. He didn't want to sleep alone because he was supposed to sleep alone by your house. So Bachem would stay in the house. So he spent, I think, six months living there to have Rebellion Lapian in the house. So that's where he became, you know, that's, he has a lot of his information about Rebellion being so close to him, physically close to him, and there's with him all the time. So Rebellion was ready in his 90s, and he started getting up very early. So they asked, you know, one day he asked the Rebbe, he says, you know, the Rebbe, the, you know, the Rebbe needs to sleep, you know, so maybe should, the Meshkir should, you know, sleep a little bit longer, you know. And he says, you know, after 120 years, I'm not, I'm not young, my, my day is going to come soon, and it's 120 years, they're going to take me to Bezdom, and they're going to ask me, did you keep, did you keep the mitzvahs? And I'm going to say yes. I say, okay, let's see. They're going to take out a Shulchan Aruch, and then start going through Shulchan Aruch, sif by sif, and seeing if I kept the mitzvahs. So the Bezdin will open up to Shulchan Aruch, Aruch Haim, Simen Aleph, and the first sif, and they'll see if I kept that. Then we'll go to the next sif. And each sif, they're going to go step, sif by sif through all of Shulchan Aruch to see if I fulfilled all these mitzvahs. It says, you know, it's pretty bad if you imagine that, you know, that you get caught. You say you claim that you kept the mitzvahs and you did everything right. And all of a sudden you're in Simen, in Memvov, you know, with a sif Gimel, and they say, you know, no. But imagine you, you get caught on the first sif. That's pretty embarrassing. You claim that you kept the mitzvahs. They open up Shulchan Aruch, Aruch Haim, Semen Aleph, Sef Aleph. And it says a person should be misguided by the to get up the Thnea Shachert for Avodah Sbarai. I mean, like, you know, it's the first Sif already. So I, and I'm almost there. It's time to start getting up early. Make sure I get up before the Avodah Shachert. So that's what Rebellion said. So I, I just had the aura that the Ramah about the Shisham the, the Negdi Somid. And the person doesn't act the same way, doesn't eat the same way, doesn't talk the same way in front of the in front of the presence of the shkina. That rebellion wasn't worried about. That part of the sif he wasn't worried about. Apparently, he was ready to say yes, I did well on that part. He was just worried about the getting up in the morning part, you know, the getting up early part. I think you know I'd be more worried about the ramah part than the getting up early part. You know, you know, the, the first ramah in shulchan aruch is sheisham the negdi summit. You know, if you if you bear with me just one more second. One more moment, then one more second. That's not honest. One more minute. Um, there's two to meet him. The Velt says there's two to meet him. The last words of the Ramon Archaim is, is in Simon Tafres Sadi Zion, is the Lachos of Pesach, uh, the, of um, Perm Cotton. And he ends off the, the whole Shulchan Aruch with Toiv Lev Mishnatamid. He starts the Shulchan Aruch with Shishas on the Negdi Samid. He ends off with Toiv Lev Mishnatamid. So the two tamidim of the Ramah, the Tamil Shabinabram, the Tamil Shashakra, the two tamidim are Tarvlay Mishatamid, a person who's a Tarvlay, which means he forgives other people and he's happy that other people should have, etc. And he cares about others and he's uh, not jealous, etc., is, 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 is always in a state of Mishnah. It's not a stira to happiness, the Shizim and the Negdi Samid. It's a little bit awesome, it's a little bit o- o- overwhelming, 
It's not overwhelming. But it's that same Melech Godel that you're in front of that he cares about you. And he's taking care of you. And therefore you're totally t- taken care of and, su- and supported and protected. So that's a very good place to be. That's a toivlev mishta tom. And you're always in a state of, of mishta as if you're celebrated. So it's not this overwhelming, intense re- reaction that we're supposed to have. We're supposed to have the awe of the person's presence and feel his presence and feel for his pain that he has to punish us and the tsar of the shkin, etc. But at the same time, we understand that that's a very, it's a very reassuring reality. The Bershom is there to take care of us and to protect us as well. Okay, everybody, so I...